What is happening, FCS football fans? Welcome to the FCS Opening Drive Podcast, presented by the Connecticut School of Broadcasting and Football Game Plan. I am David Hasek, and to my left, the czar of the playbook, Emery Hunt. Emery, good morning. Good morning, Dave. It's a great day for football. We're kicking off week zero. We got a lot of content. I'm excited. I'm amped, as you can tell. We are back, folks. Football season officially begins right now. Now, we got three games in week zero that we will cover at the end of this show, so do not feel left out if you are one of the teams involved. We've got the whole nine yards here, folks, though. We've got Emery's All-American team. We've got the top 25. We're going to get into that a little bit. We're going to have some a little suspense, a little suspense for the people, because Emery hasn't released that just yet, but trust me, folks, you'll want to see this. And then we are going to do some bracketology. We're going to get into the whole thing. Who we think is making the postseason? Who are our conference winners for the automatic bids? The whole thing. It's going to be absolutely raucous. We're going to even get into some bowl games that may or may not exist. Although, I, I know for mine, I wish they did exist. That's all I'm saying. I wish my bowl games exist. I, I, I have some good ones. It, it, there's going to be some... There might be food involved. There could be something with animals. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that, folks. Um, again, folks, if you want to listen back, this is, this is the end of the season. Where have you been? We've gone through every single conference. If you haven't seen them yet, you can go to SoundCloud or iTunes, search Football Game Plan in the podcast section, and you can listen to that from the big sky all the way to last week when we did the SWAC conference. You can go all the way through. You can learn about the Celebration Bowl. You can learn about the playoffs. Who could be good? Who could be bad? Just go there, listen, and subscribe while you're over there so you don't miss a single Football Game Plan podcast. Don't forget to go to YouTube.com slash Football Game Plan for all your Football Game Plan content. Emery's going to have a lot of stuff coming up on YouTube as well on the website, all over social media. You can follow us on Twitter at the FCS Kickoff, at FCS Opening Drive, and at FBall Game Plan for my man Emery. And of course, all of your complaints on Twitter can go to at Craig Haley of FCS Stats. That is our complaint department. So don't forget that if you have any problems with what we say, <laughs> you can always just go to him. Emery, it's that time of year again. We are counting down, not weeks, we're counting down days. We're counting down hours. We're almost at game time here for the FCS season. This is the most wonderful time of the year. It really is, man, because you have the week zero that kind of gives you a little appetizer. Then you have the full slate of games starting next week, uh, starting on Thursday. So it's a great time of the year. College football is done. We've done all the previews. We've done all the synopsis. We've broken down all of the conferences. We've seen the guys that we talked about last year play throughout the NFL preseason. Um Everyone's releasing their top 25. They're all conference teams and they're all conference polls. Here in the studio, we have the ESPN on right now, and they're talking about the Big Ten teams in the preseason AP poll. I think our football game plan, FCS Top 25, though, has a lot more intrigue than what you've seen in your magazines, out there, on stats, wherever. Oh, so of course it is. We have a lot of good content, man. I'm excited because, you know, you, you, you watch all the high school recruits. You see how they integrate themselves with this team, with mm-hmm. their team. You see the guys that are coming back for these squads, and you're excited about the potential to really see it all play out on the field. The transfers, too. You never the know tra- who, right, exactly. who's transfers. the impact transfer. We've talked about a few of those on the podcast leading up to this week. But let's talk about, I mean, it's amazing, though, when you look at the beginning of the year to the end of the year, 
everyone's got their predictions of who's going to be good, who's going to be bad. You are no exception. You love lists. I love lists. Absolutely love lists. But let's start with your All-American team. And again, folks, these are going to be released, the All-American team and the Top 25, the Emory Top 25. We got the AP, we got the FCS Stats Poll, we got the Coaches Poll, we got the Emory Poll. So we got <laughs> those will be released over the next couple of days. And, and we have to tell people, you have not seen um, the playoff. You you have not we have, seen. We have kept this secret from each other, folks. Yeah, to get he some has not reaction. seen my conference winners, or you should have seen my conference winners because I put them in a video, but you didn't watch the video. But you haven't seen. I refuse to watch the video so that we could have authentic reaction on okay, the podcast. Okay, so so you haven't seen the conference champions. Nope. And you don't know who is on in my playoff bracket. Right. So all of this will be a surprise. And nor does Emery know what is in my delusional mind of mine. <laughs> it's <laughs> we have the we have the game mind over here and the I think I know what I'm talking about mind over here. <laughs> Although I, I think I'm getting better. I think I've gotten better. You've over gotten the last better. Year You've and gotten better. Yes, year I and a half. So let's go into the All American team first, though, because again, that this is one of the ones where it's a lot about expectation, a lot more than anything else. It's more of these guys were good last year. They've got the skill set. What can they do this upcoming season? Let's talk. We're going to go one for one here. We're going to talk about only a couple of guys because, again, this has not been released yet. Right. This is going to be coming out the next couple of days. So where do you want to start on offense? We, we've got the whole team in front of us here. Emery, if you're looking at your offensive All-American team, which guy should people keep an eye on? First, we have to give a little bit of backstory to how we compiled this All-American team. Yes. I, I know, you know, a lot of it for me, I tend to reward – seniors right so if you're a senior and it's if it's a tie between you and let's say an underclassman i will probably go with the senior which i think people would agree with generally because it, 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 there's more to base it on yeah and the, and the senior you, you know you play four years you worked hard you, you've been successful right i feel it's only right to reward the senior for going out you have to be an exceptional underclassman right to make the list and and that's why you don't see as many underclassmen on this list however we're going to start with one that i think is a phenomenal player and that's wide receiver nathan stewart out of sam houston state Mm -hmm. you know he has burst onto the scene been a star since his freshman season and has been consistent so he's going to be on the list next year because of what he's going to do i know he's going to yeah he's a a speedy guy he's a deep threat he's a big playmaker in their offense for sam houston state but to make this list as a as an underclassman speaks volumes to what he has done so far in his career. And it takes a lot. I mean, he's part of that Sam Houston State offense where it's hard to stand out. You've got so many stud players on that offense, especially at the skill positions, to make it out and say, wow, look at him. That 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 says a lot about where he is. He's only 5'11", 175, but I'll tell you what, the dude can run. The dude has a ton of speed. I'm going to go to a, a little bit off the beaten path. You know how I love my Pioneer League. Right. You know how I love my Pioneer League. I was stunned, though, to see somebody from Stetson in your All-American team. But there is one, folks, and that is the tight end position. Donald Parham, 6'9", 235, tight end. And you said it, we said this before when we were prepping. Stetson has a way of finding that one kid every like once every four, four or five years that you're like, wow, he's pretty good. Yeah. But hey. where did he end up at Stetson? <laughs> but 6'9", at the tight end position, that's really impressive. Yeah, if I was to ask you last year or let's say just before we put together this list who are your top tight ends in the FCS you probably would have said Goddard yep probably would have said Vollard from Weber State probably yeah you know 
you wouldn't have thought Stetson. But he no. was one of the top receivers in the country. He only scored one touchdown, but at the tight end position, he was virtually a weapon for yeah. this offense. And the guy you're talking about, Donald Payne, who now plays for the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, is the was the last Stetson guy. He was a four-time All-American for Stetson. You know, the Hatter is doing a great job building their program. At some point, it's going to kick through in the win Eventually, it's going yeah, to they're, they're gonna, gonna, yeah. turn it around. And, um, but what I like about uh, Parham is the fact that being such a tall target, he's not awkward. Sometimes you see these tall guys, and they literally look like yeah. giraffes on skates, right? <laughs> but Parham is an athletic guy that is comfortable in his own body, is a fluid athlete, really good receiver. I think they're going to feature him a little bit more this year. So, yes, this is based off what he did last year. He was outstanding last year, but a little bit of projection to saying he's going to have a breakout senior season. And going to be tough because, again, who usually lines up against a tight end? Linebacker. What are your normal like, – usually your linebackers match up with somebody that's at least their height or a little bit shorter. That's not the case when you've got somebody 6'9 running at you. Yeah, try, uh, try to find somebody 6'9 on the other side. On of defense. Right. Yeah, that's not happening. Let's move into the defensive side. And, again, folks, we're not doing a full breakdown here. When Emery releases, he will be releasing a video in the next couple days. Yeah, we, we do. You know, the, these guys are familiar with our FCS kickoff videos. So our it's going to be it's going to be a similar thing to that. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna spend a lot of our time today going into the postseason when we get there. So let's move to the defensive side of the ball. One guy, I I mean, this is going to be the easy one for me because again, you t- you provide the seniors, right? Occasional juniors. There's a sophomore on your list, but there's a reason he's on there, and that's Bryson Armstrong from Kennesaw State. We raved about him all year long. He's only 5'11", 205, but he had over 100 tackles as a true freshman for a breakout team, a breakout star with a breakout team. How is Armstrong improved from what he did last year? How is it possible? He is going to be phenomenal once again because he's a key cog. He has gotten experience, not just, okay, he played three games as a freshman, got, got his feet wet. Right. He started and was an impact player and was part of a deep run in the playoffs. And when you look at what he brings to the table, he's instinctive, he's aggressive, but call, he, he's, uh, how can I put it? He is situationally aggressive. So he's not going to overpursue it and sacrifice his responsibilities. He's going to pick and choose his spots to be aggressive and make the play. And he's made multiple plays. He's just not a, a tackle compiler. Right. You see guys that make a bunch of tackles, but they're like nine yards they're down all the field. Assists. And they're yeah. all assists. Uh, right. They'll have like one solo tackle, 7,500 <laughs> assisted tackles. Like, dude, you jumping on the pile, right? Hello. <laughs> exactly, right? I got his arm. That's like when somebody in basketball <laughs> fouls and he quickly raised his hand. Yep, I foul. Put yep. my name in the paper. Yep, that was me. <laughs> yep. So, but he is an impact player. And yes. I, I think when you look at the Owls on defense, a lot of people are expecting them to be great this year. Right. We've seen some polls have them ranked in the top five. Um, and you can't really argue with that because Kennesaw definitely put it on some teams last year. Yeah. You know, in bigger yeah. conferences. So Armstrong is a big part of the reason why they are who they are. He was just a freshman last year. So I'm excited to see what he has coming down the pike. And that's and he is the definition of one of our catchphrases, size is not a skill. Bingo. Five eleven. Again, that's probably why he got passed over by all these D one teams who are now looking at him saying well, we screwed that one up, didn't we? <laughs> what other? There's another. Anybody else on that defensive side of the ball that you want to quickly get to, or special teams, if you well, want? Well, I, I would say this: um, you talk about size is not a skill, and that aptly describes Amar Gooden out of Sanford, mm-hmm. six feet two forty. He's the DN for them, but in the NFL's eyes, he's going to be an outside linebacker, right. edge rusher. But again, I think he may be the front runner for the Buck Buchanan Award, Ooh. which is given to the top defensive player in the FCS. Ooh, there we he, go. He is a. Uh, he is a nightmare because 
and I was just at Giants practice yesterday, and I was talking with Robert Thomas, who's a who's a defensive tackle that played at Arkansas. But I, I commented, uh, commended him on how well he has done all throughout training camp, being a six one, three hundred and seventeen pound defensive tackle. He's been a problem for offensive linemen to try to block him. And he was like, "Yeah, it's just because I have natural leverage, and you got these six five offensive tackles that struggle to get low." And get a hand on me. Right. It's the same thing for Amai Gooden. When you're that short and have that natural bend and able to to turn the corner, like you, you, this is before your time. But remember the it's the old Nintendo game, Excite Bike, where you <laughs> lean on. You seen bikers lean when they yeah, hit that yeah, curve, yeah. that motorcycle ter- uh, lean. Yeah, yeah. Gooden has that, and that's so tough for a lineman to try to get down that low to put a yeah. hand on him, and that's why he's able to have success. And so I think for Sanford to be successful this year. Obviously, they have Devlin Hodges. Obviously, they have Kelvin McKnight on offense. But their defense, which lost two studs at linebacker, but they still have a guy in Gooden that can really be a game-breaker and a difference-maker. And I think he's going to have an outstanding senior season. Yeah, and and again, you mentioned with Sanford, it's going to be their defense. It's going to be the key of how far they can go this year. Again, folks, this is just a couple of guys that we we picked them out beforehand. You're going to have the full – all-american team from Embry coming out in the next couple days including special teams don't worry kickers and punters your people too it's yeah fine. it's absolutely and they fine. got some great ones there was one punter that i want i almost put a tie for punters because there are two <laughs> outstanding punters in the fcs they got really three in my opinion that have nfl potential okay All and right, punters so. are defensive players you get you a great punter you have a legit defensive weapon punters are people too <laughs> okay so let's move on from the all-american team to the other release we're looking forward to in the next couple next couple of days and that is your preseason top 25 now i have seen this one yeah you've seen this list and, and so, full disclosure as soon as i walked into the studio this morning i get greeted by dave and producer mike mccarthy who was like man i can't believe you're top 25 i didn't get a good morning i didn't get how was your weekend <laughs> didn't see the game last night i didn't get none of that first thing oh man look at your you are oh, nuts. You what are you how could you and I was like, yo, I didn't even have my coffee yet. Guys. What what did I send you? Three peanut emojis, I think. Yeah, you was Something like like, that. like you're nuts. So again, we're not gonna go through the whole twenty five. That is for you to discover on your own. I know, we're jerks for doing that. I know, I get it. I can hear it's you right now. It's called a tease, man. It's called a tease. If you mad if but if you mad at Craig Haley to, to voice your complaints. But I've got first of all, I'm gonna start with a positive. I'm gonna start with one of these things that I, I agree with here on your list. <laughs> probably, I get, <laughs> all right, go ahead. You know where I'm going with this, don't you? Yeah. Number 13, Austin P from the OVC. Shout out to the governors, man. You, I mean, I see, here's the thing. A lot of people thought last year was just going to be a fluke, and this year it's going to fall off, the whole thing. I absolutely agree with your prediction here for Austin P. They have the talent to do this again. There's no reason why they can't. Yeah, it, here's the thing. They return a ton of people that is from a team that should have gotten to the playoffs last year, and we talked about that ad nauseum. But I like Austin P, man. And now they come in with a lot of returning players right. and an edge. Right. See, they if let's say they make it to the playoffs last year, right, and they come in with lofty expectations, and right. they probably think they arrived already, yeah. and then they have a disappointing season. Now they have all the returning starters. They have all this momentum coming to the season, and they're angry. They had a chip on their shoulder going into last year, coming off the winless season. No one's given us any respect. Now they got the respect, and then they said, we didn't get enough respect. And now I see, yeah. I would I hate to be, who, who do you play first? 
I, I, I would hate to be. I don't think it matters. I think they play Alabama if they wanted to and give them, I think, a, at least I give think, them a problem. Right. They're, they're, they are, I feel bad for the team that has to play them first because they probably had the most motivated uh, spring and summer workouts. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah. They were, they were, they were outside out of there. McNeese. Yeah. That's the other <laughs> one. Another, another team that I'm, I'm happy to see on your list is at the number 21 spot, and that is Bryant. Again, the NEC last year was weird because Duquesne was the powerhouse for the first seven weeks or so. They fell off right at the end. Central Connecticut State topped up. They were right there with them, took the conference title. But very quietly, Bryant was sitting there in third place, building and impressing and just moving up the ladder just little by little. Bryant, I think, could have a breakout season as a program this year. Yeah, Bryant offensively is going to average a strong 30 points a game easily. Yeah. Oh, it's especially in that conference. And and especially with the offense they run. You know, you know I'm a Coach Perry fan, um, and I love the way his approach is to offense, put his best 11 out there regardless of who they are. Right. And so I think that right there is going to be huge for Bryant, plus they have second year in the system. Right. The the uh, the returning starters back, so it's not like they're breaking in new players. Defensively, uh, Cosigan, um is one of the best defensive players in the country. Right. So they're going to be strong on defense. They're going to be explosive on offense. Fun team to watch. Now we get into the uh, the questions. Now I'm going to start with one that surprised me, and then one that absolutely floored me. Yeah, disgusted me. Let's let's start at number ten. You've gone with the Richmond Spiders at number 10. They've just lost an NFL quality quarterback in the third round to Kyle Lawletta. I know they're bringing in a guy that has some skill, but number 10, that's a bit high for me. It's a bit high. I expected them to be ranked, but not at 10. Here's why people are sleeping on the Spiders. It's not like they're bringing in a quarterback that has skill, like you said, or a guy that played a few few games. This is a guy that stepped in in round one of the playoffs and knocked off a strong North Carolina A&T team that had a chance to upset them because, again, everybody was like, man, they lost, um, you know, Loletta. Who's his backup? Kevin Johnson did a great job coming in and playing well. Then they go to North Dakota, and North Dakota that year was outstanding at beating people on both sides of the line of scrimmage. And they went – they were down in that game. They couldn't stop the run. Then, lo and behold, here comes Kevin Johnson bringing them all the way back, and they win the game again. So you're bringing in a quarterback that has playoff winning experience. Their receiving core is excellent. Defensively, Andrew Clyde, I believe, the defensive lineman, right, pro prospect, they are not as bad or as bad off as people make may believe. I think Richmond is a strong player in the CAA. Now, I, I agree with you that I don't think they're going to be as weak as other people have said. I, I've seen other, some people saying they're going to be under 500. That's ridiculous. R- Richmond is too good of a program to be under 500 because they lose one guy. But number 10, I think, is a bit high. I would have put them maybe in the mid-20s just to start off with. But, I th- again, you've got a quarterback. You said it. He's proven himself in big situations. In big situations. And, he, you know, he's just as good as Kyle Loletta. The question is, is that the one-week hype train where he was pumped up and ready to go? And does that carry over? Well, here's what you, here's what people have to realize. It won't seem out of place if, you know, with their week one matchup, which is next week, which is definitely on our upset special list, yeah. they beat Virginia. Yeah, well, 
then Virginia. people say, oh, yeah, Villanova, <laughs> uh, not Villanova, Richmond is, is top 10. Yeah, yeah. No, it, I know how it works. You beat one FBS team, even though even if you play them tight and you happen to lose, Austin P. <laughs> but now the, the outrageous one. Number three, UNH Wildcats. How is that outrageous? We had this debate all of last year. This was a team that did not deserve to make the playoffs. They were not. They shouldn't have been ranked at any point. I agree they should have been ranked this year. They do have a lot coming back. But there's no way they should be at number three. Not Listen, a chance. Let me let me explain something to you and Mike, because Mike has some beef with this too. And Mike is lucky he's not in here. Because here's the thing. New Hampshire, uh, all right, criteria for a good team in college football. Experience at quarterback. They have that, right? Check. All right. Playmaker. They have an All-American at wide receiver, right? Sure. Check. And that's uh, Neil O'Connor. Consensus All-American. Everybody's All-American. All right. So that's two people. That's two. Defensively, they were great last year, right? So two people on offense makes them a top five team? Did I say defensively? So I, I said defense. I think defensively they're good. They're good, right? I think defensively they are very good. Offensive line is intact. You got what one weapon. The- what is there not to like about New Hampshire? You've got one weapon that you've named to me. Where, where, where are they going to get the running game from? All right. What other options do they have on the offensive side of the ball that are going to say, wow, that's a great team? Do, do, do you need offensive line stats? Because there are none. No, no, not offensive line. I, I, trust me, I know the value of a good offensive line, especially right. at the FCS level. Correct. But if you only have one weapon that you can key on. The quarterback is a dual threat, and you can create running games, uh, a running game because of that. Okay, so that's two threats at most. You give me North Dakota State, I give you three or four on any given play. Yeah, but North Dakota State is ranked number one because they won the championship. You look, give me Sam Houston State, which is in at number six on your list. So you think Sam Houston I can State? See, I can, can see five or six. You you think Sam Houston State can beat New Hampshire? Absolutely. And they you, can outscore. They can outscore, right? Yeah. All right, and and you think. If you had a, if you had to go against great offense versus a great defense, who are you taking? Great offense. Most times, no. But in the case of you're if you're purely doing Sam Houston versus UNH, mm-hmm. Sam Houston has enough speed to lengthen that field and just wear out New Hampshire by the end of the ball game. I think people are sleeping heavily on New Hampshire right now. It's on about the thirtieth mattress for me. That's how much I'm sleeping <laughs> on. There's no if if UNH played North Dakota State, North Dakota State I think wins by thirty five. But see why you have to go to the extreme example. That's like saying if UNH has to play Alabama. If UNH play, I think UNH. Uh, but if me, UNH, let, all right, let's let's let me let me put it to you this way, folks. There are. Three other CAA teams that Emory has in this top 25. We already mentioned Richmond. I'm not going to mention, I mean, JMU's another one. I'm not going to mention the fourth one because we're going to leave a little suspense. I think they lose to all three of those teams. Wow. And a couple of them easily lose. I think there's a shaky one in the top, uh, in my top 25 that, you know, that they have a chance to overtake. I'm not, I'm leaving that one alone. Anyway, I am high on New Hampshire. I don't, you're high on something from New Hampshire. I don't know if you're high on. Maybe Trump was right. Maybe it is broken fested done. Anyway, hey, no, I, I, you're entitled to your opinions, and I am entitled to make. I you can't look, believe you guys are sleeping on New Hampshire like that. You were entitled to your opinion, and I will be entitled to make you look like an idiot at the end. Of the I season cannot wait. Let me pull when up fi- when they finish seven and five, or seven and four, or eight and three. I whatever doubt it is. New ha- New Hampshire um, is not going to finish seven and five, and I'm going to tell you why they won't finish. Seven and five. 
one, because they're a good football team. And two, as I pull up their schedule, good thing I have that handy here. <laughs> he's I knew, a, he's I, going in for he's I going knew in for it facts. was going to be a problem. They yeah. op- but they, they get a good test. They open up at Maine. Okay. They're going to earn it. They open up at Maine. They play Colgate at Colorado at Elon all in September, October 3rd. So there's your three losses. Wow. Of those four games, there's three losses in there for me. For you? You see them losing the – you don't think that Colorado game is even a That's not upset even, special? No, not even close. Wow. Not even close. This is going to be a fun year, man. This is going to be a weird year, man. And, again, we're not going to tell you the top 25. I know you're mad. I know you're at least – at least – Well, they just got to wait a day or two. Or, you they're, know. they're peeved a yeah, little they, bit. They, they kind of want the intense – you know – there's, I could see how people are gonna hate the back end of my top twenty-five. Your top twenty, your back end of your top twenty-five. I sixteen think to twenty-five is gonna call is gonna cause a lot of problems. I think sixteen to thirty-five. I mean, there's some teams that are down in the thirties there that are, some people are gonna be like, whoa, 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 hang on. Yeah. How? I it's, can see that. But again, that's what we said about the FCS stats top twenty-five too. Once you get past like that fifteen to twenty mark, it's kind of like. Eh, I feel this team. Yeah. It's not really about this team is kinda, definitely. You better. can understand it. Yeah, yeah. You can you can make the argument and somebody will say, Okay, I can see I don't agree, but I see your point. You know, so that sort of thing. So yeah. that'll be coming out again. That'll be coming up in the next couple of days from Emory, the all American team plus the top twenty five. We're gonna take a break right now, folks. It's a little early in the podcast from when we normally take our break, but we've got a marathon to do at the end of this show. <laughs> when we come back, we're gonna talk our conference winners. For the playoffs, are we gonna are we gonna talk conference winners for the teams that don't make the playoffs too? Just to throw that in there. No, we. I, how I have it here on my list that you haven't seen yet. I have conference winners, um, and the next three teams, and I also have who I think will be the at large out those lists. So we can, you know, teams that are that are in the conversation. But what I'm saying is we should do the Ivy champion too. Yeah, I have. I have all conference. Okay. I have, all right. Oh, yeah. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. Just we don't want to. We don't play favorites here. Right. And we have the bowl games too. The, the MEAC, SWAC, and IV, even the Pioneer, mean just as much to us as the CAA, the Missouri Valley, and the Big Sky. Yep. So we are going to go through those. We're going to then go through our playoff fields. We're going to even give rankings for who we think ends up where, which is going to lead to a lot of argument and a lot of debate. And then we're going to talk about some hypothetical bowl games at the end as well. See what uh, what we can come up with in terms of our. Logic. Did you see the new bowl game that's uh it was the cactus bowl is now the cheese it bowl? <sighs> Phenomenal logo too, but <laughs> Cheese It's <laughs> Cheese It's <laughs> Cheese It's is gonna get on the Oh okay. It kinda looked dope though, I mean, but the cactus bowl is you know, it was the motel six cactus bowl, I believe. Yeah. And now it's the cheese it. I do bowl. like me some Cheez-Its. Yeah, Cheez-Its are phenomenal, especially the white cheddar ones. Mm, yeah, definitely. I would I definitely agree with that. The yellow cheddar's, yeah, mm. yeah. It's okay. It's not bad, but... Right. White cheddar's are... You can eat the whole box in one yes. sitting. And, when, and especially when it's about 3 a.m. or yeah, so. Yeah, you're, you're looking for something to snack on, like... <laughs> Cheez-Its, yes. That might be a great... I, you know what would be even greater? If for that game, uh, because it won't be baseball season... Right. And I think it's played in the same stadium, if they make the field orange... <laughs> just, just covered in cheese dust. Just, exactly, right? Don't even do, don't do paint. <laughs> just, just covered just in cheese, cheese dust. dust. Right? Okay, we've lost our minds now. It's gone to, we've gone off the rails, folks. We're gonna take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're gonna have all that playoff shenanigans. Let's call them as we go forward here. Keep listening to us.
Thinking about changing careers? Well, now is the perfect time to check out Connecticut School of Broadcasting. We have nearby campuses in Stratford, Connecticut, Westbury, Long Island, and Hasbrook Heights, New Jersey. Almost everything you hear on the radio, everything you see on television and on the internet was made by a creative team of audio and video professionals. Producers, camera operators, sound designers, these are the people who work behind the scenes to make it happen. Connecticut School of Broadcasting can help you switch from your current career path to the more exciting world of audio and video production. We've placed thousands since 1960. Visit GoCSB.com, call 1-800-TV-RADIO, and come in for a studio tour. It's your chance to test drive the same equipment that's used in real radio and television studios, talk to the instructors, and meet other people who share your excitement about the radio and television industry. Listen, if you're ready for a career change, if you like the idea of working behind the scenes, come in and see what a career in broadcasting is like and see if it's right for you. Connecticut School of Broadcasting has nearby campuses in Stratford, Connecticut, Westbury, Long Island, and Hasbrook Heights, New Jersey. Call 1-800-TV-RADIO or visit GoCSB.com. Welcome back, folks, to the FCS Opening Drive Podcast presented by the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. David Hasekin here with the czar of the playbook, Emery Hunt. And again, folks, you can listen back to any of our previews. We've been going through them for the last couple of months from the big sky all the way to the swag. You can listen back to all of our podcasts, see where we went crazy, see if... You know, maybe we were telling the truth. We'll, 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 we'll determine that as the season goes on. And don't forget to follow us and continue following us as the season goes along. We'll be going week by week, giving all the coverage that you need for the FCS football. It's not just going to be the big conference. It's going to be every single one of you. And we're going to prove that by going into our preview right here and now. Let's talk about an Emory because it's playoff time. It is. It's prediction time. So what we're going to do here, folks, we're going to go conference by conference. And we're going to do... Basically, we're going to do every conference, including the ones that do not make the postseason. We will predict our conference winners here for the Ivy, the MEAC, and the SWAC, as well as the other conferences that do make the postseason as an automatic bid. Then we are going to rank those conference winners of those that are making the postseason from 1 to 10, because there are 10 conferences that have automatic bids. Eight teams may get an automatic, get a buy in the postseason. And then we will reveal the rest of the teams, and that's where the debate will definitely get going. So let's start it again. We're going to do alphabetical order here. We're going to start with the Big Sky Conference. We're finally going to get some predictions from Emory on this show. Emory, who is the winner of the Big Sky for you in 2018? Fire up the takes. Here we go. Northern Arizona. Wow, Northern Arizona gets it. Okay, tell us why. Case Cookies. Big plus. Emmanuel Butler. Plus. So... Quarter, again, sticking with the theory, quarterback in college football is king. Cookus yes. is a legit NFL prospect, in my opinion. I also believe defensively they were underrated last year, and I think this team has a lot coming back, arguably the best quarterback in the big sky. They, to me, look like the more complete team in that conference. They certainly have a solid team. I do agree with that. My conference champion of the big sky, though, Eastern Washington. Not, again, I disagree, but I understand. Because, and I think they are very even with Northern Arizona. Right. I think they have a lot of things in common. They've got great quarterback play. Defensively, Eastern Washington, I think, is extremely underrated, in just in a national sense. Right. The key that's going to get Eastern Washington is disrespect after what happened last year. Well, that did was they, self-inflicted. Did they have the best years? Absolutely not. They still finished at 7-4. and four. And easily could argue that they should have been in the postseason 
as well, or as instead of someone else. This is a team that's used to being at the top. Now they've got a chip on their shoulder. Oh, that's scary. That's scary for me. So See, Eastern Washington gets in. And I had them second in the Big Sky. And I had Northern Arizona second. So okay, we're, so we're kind of on the same page. It's going to be those two battling it out, but I've got some interesting takes on the Big Sky for later on in this thing. So okay. we'll, we'll get to there. Let's move to the Big South. I'm going to lead off with this one. It's got to be Kennesaw. It has to be Kennesaw. Monmouth is going to have another phenomenal season. They're going to be right there with them. Kennesaw has proven to us, not just in the conference, but what they did with their postseason run, they've got immense amounts of talent that we didn't even know about until last season. They're going to repeat again as champions. I agree with you. I have Kennesaw as the champion. They not only have talent like you talked about, but they also have the system. So when you combine talent with that option, we've seen it, uh, what, a couple of seasons ago with the Citadel being a top-five team when they had their best talent Right. Along with that option, we've seen it with Wofford. We've seen it uh, with Kennesaw. I like Kennesaw in the Big South. Correct. Let's move to the CAA. Now, I was listening back on our previous podcasts. Okay. You had an interesting hot take about the CAA. What did I say? You said in that podcast that Villanova was going to win the conference. I said that, oh, that was a hot take. So you don't believe that truly? No. That was a hot take. I have New Hampshire winning the CAA. You are high. You're I absolutely have New Hampshire high. winning the conference. Not a chance in hell. JMU. Really? JMU is still the kings of this conference. They've got a ton of talent coming they back do. on the defensive side of the ball. JMU. Yeah, great running backs, too. I, I, you know, I agree. I do. And the only question with JMU, they do have a new quarterback to bring in. But again, you look at these programs like a JMU or North Dakota State, they just reload. They just reload and reload and reload, and they got the senior leadership when you need it the most, and that's on the defensive side of the ball. They do a great job. They're one of the few teams that that do a great job of recruiting and developing their own, but also integrating transfers. Yeah. So I think they do a phenomenal – that's why they're never bad. So I can agree with you. You have JMU winning the CAA? I have JMU winning the CAA. Okay, so I'm not angry at you for that. I just think New Hampshire is 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 going to be good. You're not high on New Hampshire. You're in a relationship with New Hampshire. You, we are. We are. You've moved in. We've together. exchanged numbers. You know, <laughs> we've exchanged numbers. We follow each other on Instagram. You've moved. That was a couple of years ago, by the sounds of it. You're you're moved in together. <laughs> you're planning weddings. What, what we share is, a Facebook account. Oh, I, I just want to go back. I just want to go back and listen to last year at the end of last season. That was all you. No, it was not. You were not high on them either. Do not try. Do not put that on Rick, me, Rick and Bobby. <laughs> I changed my opinion when they got in the playoffs and made some noise. I was like, you know what? They are good. And then using that to springboard into this year and watching who they have returned and just going through the you know their their whole uh, deal, watching some film. Like, wait a minute, this could be the team. Whatever. All right, let's move to the Ivy League now. The Ivy League was crazy last season. Again, no automatic bid for the Ivy League. But if you had to choose your winner for the Ivy, who's it going to be? For me, this was a no-brainer. Although I fought hard and long with the – but it was still a no-brainer. Yale. Mm-hmm. Running game, solid defense, Kurt Rawlins. And still youngish. Yeah. Still a lot of juniors on A lot of team. juniors. So that's a good team, a good young team with experience. That's a dangerous squad. Although, they might not be as explosive as you need to be to compete with Princeton. Princeton is my pick to win the Ivy. Not mad at you with that. Why? Because 
John Lovett is back. Yes. Mr. The FCS Tim Tebow. We could see three quarterbacks out there at wide receiver <laughs> as well as throwing the ball for Princeton. And they have two trees at wide receiver. Yes. So I will say this, though. I think the Ivy is just as chaotic this year as it was last year. Oh, yeah. Two weeks out last year, you had seven teams that could win the title. The only one that couldn't was Brown by some mathematical probability. I think Columbia is good. I think Penn is up there. Yale is going to be fighting Princeton for the top spot. Dartmouth and Harvard are going to, still going to cause a lot of problems. But yeah, Harvard is a team everybody's high on right now. Right. For um, what re- whatever reason. Well, I they mean, get Larry Allen back up front. And right. they figured that Harvard, even in a down year, still has talent. And Tim Murphy is one of the best coaches in the country. So I get it. Springfield. Thank and you. And you also look at Dartmouth. Buddy Tevens is a phenomenal coach. Dartmouth looked like they were going to win the whole thing. I'm going to be interested to see who they replace at quarterback. Yes. Because, you know, they, they had Hennigan last year who's, who played great. Yep. And Dartmouth seems to always produce good O-line, D-line. Right. So, And they have a really good offensive line. Defensively, I, I worry about what they have coming back and what they have going. Um, so you're right. The Ivy League will be wild once again. Another conference that could be wild is the MEAC. We've talked about it. They've, they've lost a team. They've lost Hampton. Still plenty of quality squads in the MEAC conference. There was only one dominant team last year, and that was A&T. And I think they win it again this year. Yeah, it's going to be tight, but I have A&T winning the conference. I, who do you have as their challengers, do you think? Bethune-Cookman. See, I, I think BC is up there. Watch out for Howard. Yeah, I could Watch I, I could out see for that. Howard. They had that. a good season last year. They've built up the program the last couple of seasons. So Howard, I think, could challenge. I would say watch out for Norfolk State. Norfolk State, not not this year, but in two years' time, maybe three years' time, they're competing for a conference title. I think they've done a tremendous job in building that program. Yeah, Latrell Scott is an outstanding coach. They, they've gotten some great coaching in the MEAC, and – Terry Sims at Bethune-Cookman, phenom- phenomenal. You know, you can go down the list. Mike London at Howard, outstanding. So, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's going to be another intriguing conference in the MEAC. Let's move to the Missouri Valley. Is there any really any doubt, to be perfectly honest? I don't know. Is there? Of course not. It's no. North Dakota State. <laughs> Bison land, you're safe. It's okay. Now, now are saving two. your hot takes for the middle of the season. Who's not your, now. Who, who do you have finishing second in the conference? That's what, that's going to be the debate. South Dakota. We on the same page. There Look we at go. that. We agree. See? See? Uh, no. See, here's the thing. South Dakota isn't ranked in the FCS stats poll in the preseason. That was shocking to me. South Dakota State's number three. I'm going to leave it there. Well, <laughs> going to leave it. I'm going to leave it there. Let's move on to the NEC. We mentioned it a little bit. Kind of a chaotic scene at the end there. I think we agree on this one, but who's your NEC champion? I have Bryant as my NEC champion. Bingo. Bulldogs. Well, here's the thing, too. And I can, again, I can understand if someone has either Duquesne or Wagner as their conference. Not group. Central Connecticut. Really? I have to take a wait and see. They lost a lot defensively. They did lose a lot defensively. Offensively, they should be good. Wow. Central, not even in the conversation for you. I, I, I like Wagner. I like Duquesne. And I love Bryant. Any love for Robert Mars? They have an interesting <laughs> week one matchup that we'll talk about next week. They yes. open up against Dayton. Mm. That's a that's a barom- that's a litmus test, right? Yes, it is. That is definitely a litmus Coach test. Coach Clark is going to do a great job out there, Robert Morris, too. But I know I, we agree on that, on that one with Bryant. Let's move to the OVC. 
Who do you have? Could who do you have? You, you couldn't possibly. Did I have Jacksonville State? As did I. Yeah. Okay. Close. Right, Close. and they haven't even named a starting quarterback yet. Which is, I mean, with that team though, I mean, you know what you're getting with Jacksonville State though. Right. So, is the quarterback position important? Absolutely, it is. Eh. Jacksonville State again. I think they can get by without having a solid quarterback this year. This year. Now, if you you want to go back and 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 check takes, the take I gave on that one is almost close to true. So I right. have Jacksonville State winning the OVC. Right. Second, I have Austin P. Right. Third is where it gets spicy. Eastern Kentucky. See, I don't, I don't hate that though. I don't. Hate I, that. I, I that was a hot take on the, on that on that particular episode. I don't. I see now. I've looked at it more. I don't hate that. I think them and Eastern Illinois will be close for that third spot. But Eastern Kentucky, I like what they've done. I think I think they've got enough. I don't think Eastern Kentucky was a bad team. No, no, not at all. Not what the record showed. Let's move to last year's running joke, the Patriot League. Nobody wanted this thing last year, and the team that actually had the best resume, you could argue, did not even win it. Do we see more chaos in the Patriot League in 2018? I think you see more chaos on the back end. I think there's no doubt in my mind who's number one That's Colgate. We agree on this one, too. So I have Colgate winning. I think where it will get interesting is between Holy Cross and Lehigh. I have Holy Cross second. See, you think about that about Holy Cross. I think they're one year away. Lafayette, do not sleep. So you think those young those young players grow up in, in... They had a freshman quarterback that almost won them the game, the big game last year true. against Lehigh. A true freshman. They were in the conversation for the conference last year. So, and Lafayette usually is in that conversation. They're you, they, last few years, they've slipped. It's starting to build again. I, I'm very high on Lafayette. You have them finishing second? We- I have them finishing third. Okay. Just behind, just behind Lehigh. But it's very close. Very, very close. And four, I've got Bucknell. Wow. Four, I've got Bucknell slightly ahead of Holy Cross. Again, Holy Cross, not this season. I think 2019, that's their year to really break. If, but if they beat Boston College, Holy Bo- Cross that, jumps listen, on my list. Listen, Boston College is going to be a top 15 team this year. People sleeping on Boston College. I, a lot of people have talked about Boston College enough to where they're now in the top 25 or in the conversation but I think Boston College will be a top 15 team this year they right. won't be this they'll be a version of this year's of last year's Wisconsin they're the same type of uh, school right. as far as like program so that'll be a huge win if they beat Boston College I think Fordham is actually the sleeper in the Patriot League this year Fordham could be interesting there's a almost every single team there is a fly in the ointment for each other bingo is really what it is like you could easily have five different teams that could win this thing or five teams that could cost everybody else. Right. Let's move to the Pioneer League. Again, non-scholarship football doesn't get the respect. They've lost Campbell, who was a good team last year. They've moved up in the world to the Big South. What do we see from the Pioneer? It's got to be San Diego. Well, this was close for me. I have San Diego, but I have Drake second. Drake quietly had a very good season. And Drake quietly has a good team returning. I just couldn't go against San Diego and what they've done so far along the line of scrimmage. Yes, and San Diego is a different animal in this conference. They've got good, as you said, great along the O-line and D-line, but they've also got some really dangerous offensive weapons. I mean, there's there's some scary pieces for San Diego, so we agree on that one as well. Let's move on to the SoCon. Now, this one, later on for me, this is going to get weird. Okay. 
But for right now, I am very confident to say that Samford will win the SOCON. You agree with probably 90% of the FCS America. Right. I'm going Furman. Wow, I thought you were going to go Wofford for sure. No, Wofford is second, and then Ooh. I have Sanford. So I have I have it going Furman, Wofford, Sanford. Interesting. The P- Paladins, who have some phenomenal uniforms. They do have, I mean, the, you got to love purple. Purple and white just looks clean. Yes, it does. And so I like Furman. I like what Coach Hendricks did last year with this team. You know, they're going to be good along both sides of the line of scrimmage. They can run the football. Their defense is excellent. I think Furman is being underrated. Sanford is like Sam Houston State to me. Yes. Until I see it defensively, consistently, I have a hard time believing in Sanford. Now, shout out to the Sanford Bulldogs for their their promo for the Peyton. Did you see that on Twitter? Yeah. yeah. Phenomenal concept. Yes. I would vote for Hodges just off the strength of the DuckTales intro. <laughs> that they utilized. It was great by you gotta their... You got to see it, folks. It, it was phenomenal. You got to see it, folks. It's That's tremendous. How you do, they need to... He should be in the Heisman uh, conversation because of that. Forget the Heisman conversation. He should be part of the Democratic National Committee campaign. <laughs> if he's coming up with those kind of ideas, whoever created that, go to the DNC. They need some help. They did a great job with that, man. So I, I like Sanford. Um, I just think Furman's defense is going to be the key to win that don't sleep on, sleep on the Sanford defense this year. I think they got enough pieces. Let's move to the Southland, though. Southland is the is literally the wild, wild west. Yeah, it is. But do we see the change at the top? I don't think we do. Well, you just gave away my my um, my. Uh, did we talk about it in the top twenty-five? Oh no, we didn't. We well, didn't. McNeese, I have one in this conference. I I'm not mad with that one. I'm not mad with that one. I just think. Especially with, you talk about chips on shoulders. They've got a full bag of Tostitos on their shoulders. <laughs> a full bag of boudin on their shoulders at McNeese. <laughs> there we go. Now you've, now, you've gone with the, now you've gone with the geographical reference. You have to go with the geographical <laughs> but reference. I Shout out to Lake Charles. I still think Sam Houston wins this conference, but by a smidge. I think there's a, chain, there's a shift coming in I the have, Southland. I have Sam Houston second. Yeah. I'd see, you, you think it's happening this year. I think it's a, a year away. Mm-hmm. But there, I think there is a shift happening in the Southland. The reason why I have Sam Houston second, I don't know about Mike Dare, the quarterback, yet. I haven't seen him play yet. True. So that's the unknown. Right. I've seen McNeese Tabari play. I've right. seen their defense, B.J. Blunt. I've seen them finish 9-2 and two last year. Right. This is a team that's – we talk about Austin P coming in mad. Shout out to McNeese State. Very mad. Let's move to the last conference here, the SWAC. Grambling and now has- you got East and West. We have East and West, so we're going to predict both. Let's start with the East Division. Is anyone going to challenge Alcorn? Yes, Alabama State. And you think they win it? I think they win it. Wow. Look at their defense the last five games or so. And their offense is is going to be improved. They can run the ball. They got a good offensive line. I think their defense may be the best in the, in the conference. I would agree. I See, again, if you listen back on my predictions, I said that the SWAC East is going to be messy. It's not going to just be a one-horse right. race like it has been the last couple seasons. I still think Alcorn has just enough. I have them finishing second. So so we're pretty close pretty on, close on that First one. or second, there's no, oh, I have this team finishing sixth. Yeah, right. So we, we don't have that, although you could do that probably with the big sky if we wanted to. True. 
But no, I, I think I think Alabama State is right there. I think Alabama A and M will challenge. I think they'll be a tough team to beat. But I think Alcorn just has enough. It's gonna for me. It's gonna come down to Alcorn and Alabama State for the same reasons. I, I like their defense. Uh, Alcorn is breaking in a bunch of new coordinators, right? Um, which is not bad, but they because they have talent. They're gonna be in the mix. I just like Alabama State's defense just a little bit more. Let's move to the West Division. There's. You couldn't possibly pick against Grambling, could you? No, I, I think Grambling has a good thing going. They're building a program. Yes. They they are one of the historic programs in college football. Um, Coach Fobbs is a Grambling man, and he has done a good job in bringing back the, the aura around Grambling. Despite the losses the last two seasons, usually it adds up right. to a football team. They're going to be good once again. Let me put it to you this way. I think Grambling, if they join the SOCON next year, would be competitive for that wow. conference. I think they're that good, and I agree with you. I think Grambling, Southern, I think is. I think they're just a little too, a little too wishy washy. I think they're for replacing me. Austin Howard. They're replacing. Yeah, there's um, too many. There's yeah, too many. You know, too many locks without. Danny keys. Johnson, Aaron Taylor. They're replacing a the lot. There's too many locks without keys. You know what I mean? They, yeah. they don't, there's some things that I don't think they're going to be able to do this year that they have done. I think Prairie View A and M is going to have a good year again. I, I have Prairie View finishing there. second in the West. Ahead of Southern. Yeah. Wow, interesting. And now who wins the SWAC title game, though? Grambling. I would agree. I think Grambling's just too strong. They're, they are the class of the, of the SWAC mm-hmm. conference far and away. Um, also, random throw-in, Hampton will have the best record of the FCS Independent. Hampton plays SUNY Maritime. <laughs> You're back on the, SUNY Maritime again. They play SUNY Maritime <laughs> at SUNY Maritime. I will never get over that. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. It's going to be good training, though, for the SUNY Maritime Cadets because the Hampton are the Pirates. Uh, hey, you make a great point. <laughs> so, so they play SUNY Maritime. Then they play <laughs> Southwest School of the Bible. Whatever, like, they play like their <laughs> schedule is so ridiculous. It, it's it's all over the map. They play the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. At Connecticut School of Broadcasting. Does that mean I'm QB? That means, right, they, they play right there in the control room over there. Then we're really in trouble. All right. <laughs> but that's just a random throw in. Okay, so we've got our conference winners. All right. Now, obviously, all respect to the MEAC, the SWAC, and the Ivy, but you do not make the postseason. You don't. You don't make the as an NCAA, automatic bet. You don't make the NCAA postseason, right? But you will make our postseason with the bowl games, right? But let's go ahead. Keep Although, going. of course, remember we do have the Celebration Bowl. Oh, so the Celebration Bowl, we have Gram. I have Grambling and A and T in a rematch. As do I. So that's okay. that. That one we've predicted. We've predicted. Oh nicely. no. I'm looking at my list. I don't. What? Hmm? What? <laughs> I do not. I'm lying. I do. Ah, you're just killing me I'll now. Do. You're just killing me now. Okay, fine. So we're going to go through. No, no, no. I, wait, wait, wait. I read it wrong. I don't. I, okay, Will so you I, make up your mind? I have Grambling and Alabama State in the SWAC title game. With ah. Alabama State winning. Wow. So I have Alabama State and A&T going to the celebration the A&T bowl. A&T winning. I'm not going to predict the game so far. I just I just have them two matching up. <laughs> well, remember, I made that hot take at the end of the SWAC game that I thought the SWAC winner was going to win the whole thing. And I have Grambling against A&T, which, if you add in my hot take, you know where it's going. <laughs> so, let's talk about this again. We've got, so you have 10 conferences that have their champions that go into the postseason. But the top eight, as we all know, the top eight teams get a bye into the first round. So, we're going to rank them. Do you want to go one to eight or eight to one? Let's go eight, to, you know. So let's go you, eight to one. Eight All to right. one. So who is the eighth overall seed that gets to buy for you? My number eighteen. If we're doing, are we doing? If we're doing just conference winners. Well, you know, you know, you because remember, some comp, sometimes some conference winners don't get 
the automatic buy. So who's your eight? My number eight, Villanova. Oh, so now you're on Villanova. You have convinced me, my friend. Villanova, <laughs> for me, goes to the number eight spot. With all the injuries that they've had, this is a team that's going to... That, you want to talk about a sleeper in the CAA? Villanova's a sleeper in the CAA. I think they go... They get very, very interesting. Number seven for me, Jacksonville State out of the OVC. Strong team again. Number seven, wow. Number seven. Number six, I'm going Sam Houston. Okay. Not as high as last year. I don't think they're as good. I think they got a little bit exposed, especially in the semifinal. Question is, can they just outscore people all the way to the finish? Number five for me, Eastern Washington is at the number five spot. Solid team, big chip on the shoulder. Number four, you're going to like this one. The Samford Bulldogs. Number four in the postseason seedings. Getting a bye. That's what I, I think. I'm, I'm very, very high on Samford this year. And the DuckTales thing just put me over the edge. Yeah. Number three, Kennesaw. Wow. Kennesaw State gets the number three seed. They got the respect last year. I think they double that up this season. Number two, JMU. Number one, North Dakota State, enough said. All right. So, first of all, it's an interesting list you have there. So, number eight is interesting because you have Villanova. I actually agree with you with Villanova being eight. However, I'm going with another CAA team. I'm going with Richmond at eight. Richmond at eight. Okay. Richmond I think Richmond is going to play well enough to get a bye. Uh, number seven, I look at Northern Arizona. Interesting. I, and again, I see where you're looking at it, though. Yeah, I'm looking at how they, you know, how they would rank out. Uh, number six, I agree with you with Sam Houston State. Okay, I think that's fair. Number five is where it gets interesting for me because at number five, I have UNH. Right, and we will never agree on that point. Yeah, you 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 won't ever <laughs> agree with me on that one. <laughs> that's, that's done. Um. Number four, I'm going JMU. Really? Yeah. So you see them losing a game at some point this year then? I do. I do. Oh, the intrigue. I do. (laughs) Oh, the Um, intrigue. (laughs) At number three with a bye, McNeese. Okay. Again, I can't be mad. Can't be mad on that one. Right. And number two, you know, you look at it. I, I... I mean, this would be what? The third CAA team? Villanova. Villanova at two? Yeah. Really? Interesting. I think the I think the committee uh loves blue bloods. Oh, we know that. <laughs> we know that for sure. And obviously number one is North Dakota State. There's no change. Right. So all right, so there's your number your one through eight. So r- run through them again, folks, for All right. So Dave has North Dakota State. JMU, Kennesaw, Sanford, Eastern Washington, Sam Houston State, Jacksonville State, Villanova. And I have North Dakota State, Villanova, McNeese, JMU, New Hampshire, Sam Houston State, we agree. Northern Arizona, I think, gets the bye in Richmond. I don't have Kennesaw State with a bye. Which I think is interesting. That's because just based on, again, I won't reveal where they are, but where you would rank them in the top 25. In the preseason. In the preseason? Um, I, I'm, again, I'm not going to reveal it. 
I'm just saying, based on where you rank them, I'm surprised that they don't. Well, it's preseason. You got to let the games play out. <sighs> no faith. No faith. All right. So now let's go into the remainder of the field. Do we? I, I think we should do this in no particular order in terms of ranking. We should go conference by conference. Yeah. Do you agree to these terms? So, wait. <laughs> I, I think we should just go with, okay, we, we named our conference winners. Right. We've and got well, our, we our got, buys. We got our buys. So let's just fill out the field. Right. So it doesn't matter, you know, where you rank them. It's just like. Right. Exactly. So I'm, I'm going to actually. This, so this, like, this would be like the, let's go in order of who would play who in round two. Exactly. So I, I'm going to try again, because again, this is, they do try to regionalize as much as possible with their matchups. If you look at the playoff schedule, they attempt at least to make sure you have matchups that are not too travel-heavy right. on the teams. So that's why I'm going with this first matchup. Northern Arizona taking on the San Diego Toreros, the champions of the Pioneer, which was, I believe, yep. a matchup from last season, and I believe San Diego cut the upset. So I think we're going to have... I think that is a very probable destination because so I think say, both teams are in it. So you say Northern Arizona hosting again against San Diego. Okay. So not not a huge shock there because, again, the West Coast is kind of tough. And the winner plays North Dakota State. Mm, maybe. Okay. Maybe. Well, maybe. You, 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 I mean, that's how you have it. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, we're, if we're, yeah, we're, we'll figure it out as we go along okay. here. Next matchup I have, Monmouth. Gets in as a number as a second team out of the Big South, mm-hmm. and they will take on Bryant. That's actually a, a very good game. That's a decent ball game I like for that a Bryant, matchup. and it's a good test for a Bryant team that's trying to cup up in the world. The next one you're gonna, the next one you might, you might have a little in, interesting uh, take on this one. I'm seeing Colgate taking on Stony Brook. That's another good matchup. I think Stony Brook makes it in again this year. Not a lot of people are, again, you talk about sleepers. Stony Brook, for me, is a big sleeper. Because they had a, I mean, you said they had a phenomenal season. They completely turned over. Yeah, they did. What was a mediocre program to what is tremendous this year. Next one I've got. Austin P. They are in. They will take on Northern Iowa. From the Missouri Valley Conference. I like that. You, you're putting together some great matchups. What can I say? It's Check a gift. you out. What can I say? It's a gift. Um, next one. Wait, wait, wait. Time out. Are they hosting Northern Iowa? Are they going to the UNI Dome? Oh, you're going to put me on the spot with this one. Only because it's the committee. We're going into the minor committee. Northern Iowa will host. Of course. Northern Iowa will host. Of course. I do not know, though, who is going to be hosting this next game. Wofford. Versus Central Arkansas. Ooh. I think Central Arkansas has just enough to slip in. By the way, they're not my number two team in the Southland. They're my number three. I think they just have enough to slip in just a little bit in order to make that postseason. Next game, South Dakota makes the postseason. They take on the Grizz of Montana. In I, what I think could be a slugfest. I, I think Montana will have enough 
again, t- talk about teams that are fired up going into the beginning of the season. Montana's angry after what happened to them last year. So give me Montana in that game against South Dakota. And I've got one more team in the Big Sky to throw in. I got four teams out of the Big oh, Sky. Oh, yeah, four. Okay. And that's going to be the Idaho Vandals. I think they get right back into the mix. I think they make the postseason, and they will take on McNeese. So, that's a good battle, I believe. And interesting style matchup there yeah. too, I think. With Just Mc- like your uh, Wofford, well, Wofford versus anybody is a style, <laughs> you know, but I <laughs> like the Wofford versus uh, Central Arkansas <laughs> matchup. You yes. Got. So that leaves one matchup left. Yep. Western Illinois. Oh wow, the Leathernecks from the Missouri Valley Conference again. Team that just goes about their business. Nobody really focuses on them, but they're a very, very quality program. This is where you're going to be upset with me. Grambling? No. <laughs> Not that upset with me, but I think you're. They're facing a team from the CAA. Who? Delaware. So you're buying the Delaware cookies? I think Delaware is very, very high. I was surprised not to see them in your top 25. Richmond doesn't make the postseason. Oh, Richmond doesn't make the postseason. You have them as a buy. I don't think they even make it. You don't even have New Hampshire making it. Nope. Wow, David. <laughs> David Hashagan. Yes. I can't believe you're out here like this. On now, <laughs> everything was all good, but the I can understand the West. You can see where I'm coming from. I can see where you're coming from, but I like the matchups you've created. I have no problem with. They're good matchups. You're welcome. I can't. I can't disagree. What is the rest of your playoff field, sir? All right. So you got your, You got my at large, right? So let's start. You have Northern Arizona and San Diego. Obviously, I have Northern Arizona with the bye. I will match your San Diego. Okay. And you raise me. I will raise you on the other side of it, Illinois State. Ooh, the Redbirds. Right. So that way you get a. Uh, the way we have it set up, they'll get that Missouri Valley Conference game. Um, Interesting. In Interesting. Two, right? Okay. So, Illinois State against San Diego. Interesting. Okay. I like that matchup. I actually like your Monmouth and Bryant matchup, so I'm going to keep that one. Okay. Sounds I think good. that's a good one. Monmouth and Bryant. Colgate and Stony Brook. I'll keep you with the Colgate. Okay. I don't have Stony making the playoffs. All right. So, and I have three CAA teams with buys. So, I'll give Colgate... A matchup that'll be good. I'm gonna give Colgate uh South Dakota. Wow, talk about a, a you have a geographical difference, yes. you've got yes. style difference. Yeah, because like the winner out those would have to travel to Lake Charles. Well would that be in San in South Dakota? Do you have South Dakota hosting that game? Yeah, I will have South Dakota hosting that game. That's a tough in the in the late fall in South Dakota, they don't have a dome. South Dakota does have a dome. That's right. South Dakota State. You think of South Dakota State? That's the that's the other one, by the way. South Dakota State didn't make the playoffs for me. Yeah, you wow. You're right. They didn't. They made the playoffs for me. One man does not make a team. I have South Dakota State making the playoffs, so I'm putting them against a team that I think would be a great contest. Nichols. Oh, that's fun. That's a fun. Oh, that's fun. Because you know, last year Nichols (laughs) and South Dakota played. Right. But I think South Dakota State is going to be a little bit uh, behind South Dakota. Right. I think they go to Nichols. I think Nichols gets a home oh, game. Oh, down to the bayou. Ow. Yes. <laughs> Ouch. All uh, right. All right. What's your next one? Huh. Wofford. Excuse me. As he dies slowly over on the <laughs> mic. Wofford in Idaho. 
Interesting. I have Idaho making the playoffs. I it, see. We agree on. I think Idaho's very high this year. I think they're good. Austin P would be next. I have Austin P, and I have them playing. Who do I not have as a team going to Sanford? Yeah, that's an interesting matchup there. Austin yeah. P. San- mm. I like that matchup. Mm, okay. Okay. So I got two matchups left, right? So now we have. Four teams remaining, folks. Who's going to get angry? Get the Twitterverse started. Jacksonville State. <laughs> okay. Taking on Furman. Interesting. Interesting matchup. So I have Furman and I have Jacksonville State winning their conference not but not getting, getting a bye. Okay. And they play each other in round one. Okay. And the last matchup I have would be Kennesaw. Okay. Playing... Yes. Let's see. Who do I have left? Because I'm looking at my list. That's why I checked them off as I went along. <laughs> <laughs> I have uh, another conference winner that that uh, that I have to put here. Let's, oh, duh. Let's see. Sam. No, I got Sam Houston. I got. Uh, Suspense is killing us here. <laughs> it is, right? And this is bad for radio. So let's see. I got. <laughs> I got McNeese, I got Richmond, I got JMU, <laughs> San Diego, uh, South Dakota, South Dakota State, Illinois State, Wofford, Sanford, Sam Houston State. Do I have Nichols? Yeah, I have Nichols. Oh, Eastern Washington. See, I love that matchup. I absolutely love that matchup, too. So you got Kennesaw State, Eastern Washington, Jacksonville State, Furman, Austin Peace, uh, Sanford, Wofford, Idaho, South Dakota, and Nichols. Wow. South Dakota State Nichols, South Dakota and Colgate, Mammoth Bryant, I agree with you there. I think that's a great matchup. Yes. And Illinois State and San Diego, Byers, Richmond, Northern Arizona, Sam Houston State, New Hampshire, JMU, McNeese, Nova, and the Bison. Now, there are teams that just missed the cut that are pissed. So We have bowl games for we you. We do have bowl games for you, and that's what we're going to do. So I'll kick this one off with the since people are pissed. The at Craig Haley Bowl presented by <laughs> Slap Your Mama Seasoning. Right? So who would be the most pissedest team um, that missed the playoffs? I would say that bowl game would be Lehigh and Eastern Kentucky. So I have Lehigh, Eastern Kentucky just okay. missing the cut, making a bowl game. Okay. Uh, one, me- one, so I have more, but so you, you throw it. See, I, I went with more of a I, – I, the teams I, I see in these bowl games are teams not necessarily that just missed the playoffs, but teams that definitely are finishing above 500 in my book. Well above 500, yeah. And then I'm making a comic element out of it. I'm, okay. I, I, I preface this one by saying my first bowl is the Arctic Bowl presented by IC in Green Bay, Wisconsin. The Penguins of Youngstown State taking on the Black Bears of Maine. Oh, wow. The Frozen Bowl. <laughs> the, the Arctic Bowl. <laughs> Presented by <laughs> IC. Everybody gets slushies on the sidelines for no reason whatsoever. I think Maine is a very sneaky team. I think they have a good season this year. Youngstown, not quite there yet. I don't think neither of us had them in the postseason. No. Youngstown State. But I think they're enough to get over 500. But I think that would, be, I think that would just be a, the comedic element would just be too perfect. The Raising Cane's Texas Toast and Cane Sauce Bowl. No coleslaw. <laughs> add an extra finger. You gave, I gave any time I go to Raising Cane, that's my order. So you have that bowl game presented by Raising Cane's, obviously. I'm going to put teams that people want to see. Um, 
since they don't have Grambling going to Celebration Bowl, Princeton at Grambling. Oh, that's cool. That's a cool oh, matchup. Oh, that's a right? cool matchup. Okay. I don't know anything about, by the way, what you said going into You never this. eaten at Raising Cane's? What the heck is a Raising Cane's? Wow. Oh, yeah. Right. Because the only one they have in the Northeast right now is in Boston. But it's a, it started in, quick story, started in Baton Rouge as a school project at LSU. Okay. Teacher failed the two guys that, that came up with a, a restaurant that only sold chicken fingers. Said it'll never work. They started a restaurant. It has blown up. It it started when I was in college. Okay. So um, it was like, wait, all they sell is chicken fingers, Texas toast, crinkle fries, and they have the special cane sauce. Outstanding. So anytime I'm in Boston or anytime I'm back home, I make sure to stop at Raising Cane's. I'm surprised they hadn't put one. It is a gold mine on a college campus because it's chicken fingers and fries and Texas toast. That's it. It's a fair point. They put that on a fat sandwich at Rutgers. So I can, oh, I can, my God. I can't see why they don't do it here. My next bowl game, I, I am not afraid to admit it. I was a fan of the Harry Potter books and the movies growing up. I can see that. Thanks a lot. <laughs> but... The whole fantasy narrative is quite popular with a lot of people. Not Maybe not openly. Right. So I have the Magic Bowl played in the Magic City, Birmingham, Alabama. Oh, see, I was thinking Magic City Strip Club in Atlanta. Go ahead. <laughs> well, we see where your mind's well, wandered off to. I heard Magic City and my eyes lit up. Go ahead. The Paladins of Furman taking on the Phoenix of Elon. How many times are you going to play a year? Like, I feel like... They, they, you know. <laughs> We're going to do it again. All right. We don't have any of them in the postseason, so I'm throwing them in in a bowl game. I have the Midwestern postseason classic played in Biloxi, Mississippi. Okay. So it doesn't make sense, right? Absolutely no sense. Exactly. So I have this one, Duquesne at Holy Cross. Yeah, it makes no sense. <laughs> Midwest in Mississippi with two teams from the Northeast. Perfect. Fair point. <laughs> okay. All right, I, I could see that one. That would be an actually an interesting ball game, though. Good matchup. You have another one. I've got two more. Okay, I've got the um, some sometimes you know some games are for the dogs. <laughs> this one, this one's for the cats. In Seattle, Washington, figured the most natural city I could come up with with the, with an all animal matchup. Right. The Wild Cats of UNH taking on the Lions of Columbia in the Meow Mix Bowl. Meow, meow. Mix bowl. Okay. In Seattle, Washington. But you can't say that wouldn't be a good matchup with the way Columbia has built their program. I like Columbia, but I don't like them against New Hampshire. I also was thinking about maybe doing them against having UNH against Yale and making it the Kibbles and Bits Bowl, but I figured, <laughs> no, let's just go with the whole cat theme. Let's just go with that one. Let's throw it out there. All right. We got the Great Alaska kickoff in Daytona Beach. And so <laughs> none of it makes sense. None but of these makes sense. Great Alaskan kickoff in Daytona Beach, and it's going to be between two teams I think will be really good this year, Wagner and Sacramento State. Ah, that's not bad. That's not bad at See, all. See, when Sacramento State hears Great Alaskan kickoff, they're like, perfect, we ain't got that far to go. But when they hear it's in Daytona Beach, like, shh, damn. Yep, okay. You know, so, I, I See, uh, my last one here, I've kind of gone into a uh, – it's not really a political focus, but it's more of a social conscious focus because we've had a lot of problems with airplanes and people you know getting thrown off dragged out we've had dogs dying in crates it's been a bad year for it has been a bad year for airlines so i figured why not have a bowl game where you have two teams that can fly high and everybody gets beat up right in the middle so the delta airlines bowl in atlanta georgia north carolina central taking on lehigh wow 
and you went Delta Airlines. You went wow. You went specific to Delta. Like they're in Atlanta. That's the hub. I know. I was like, you went to you went to the hub. I got it on United. I got another whole thing. I'm like, no, nah, let's put a bowl game in Atlanta. Yeah. Okay, let's put I a like bowl that. game in Atlanta. Atlanta's a fun place. And this one here is the uh, football game plan FCS kickoff bowl. Okay. Yale and Bethune Cookman. Interesting. Now, yeah, yes. I think Yale and Bethune Cookman. That's that's a good matchup. Um, because I think they both play the same game. I also have another team. I have a couple other teams that made postseason uh, bowl games. Drake versus Prairie View. I think that would be a good matchup. Yep. And Alcorn and Columbia. So, but this this is how I have it set out. And I, I put all the teams that were just right on the cusp, missing the playoffs right. or missing the conference um, title. Those are the teams I created bowl games for. And there's going to be a, an assortment of teams that. You I know. forget how many we came up with at the end of last year. If you took all the teams that were at 500 or better. Yeah, you create like what? I think it was like 16 or 17 bowl games that right. we came up with. And they weren't that far away when it comes to regions. NCAA, we call on you again. Make this a thing. I think it's, I think it's easily possible to do, you know, especially it's, we talked about that week, what, the three-week. Uh, exactly. You got a gap where we do absolutely nothing. We want to have something to talk about. Right. Stop so, making us bored. So here's what we agree on. Okay. As far as like playoff participants, we both agree on North Dakota State. Yes. We both agree on James Madison. Yes. We both agree on Kennesaw. Yes. We both agree on Sanford. Mm-hmm. We agree on um, Villanova making the playoffs. Right. We agree on McNeese making the playoffs. Yes. We agree on Eastern Washington. Right. Sam Houston. Yep. Jacksonville State. Yep. Northern Arizona. Yep. Villanova. Yep. Oh, we talked about Villanova. Oh, okay. Uh, Richmond. Nope. We don't agree on Richmond. We don't agree on New Hampshire. Nope. We don't agree on Illinois State. See, Illinois State is, a, is a, an enigma to me. I don't know if what they have in store to actually impress me. We agree on San Diego. Yep. Um, Monmouth. Austin P. Austin P. Uh, Bryant. Yep. Colgate. South Dakota. Yep. Um... Kennesaw. Oh, yeah, I say Kennesaw. You don't agree that Nichols makes the playoffs. I don't think they have enough this year. And if we got a fourth team from that big – it was a question of four teams from the big sky or three team, or four teams from the Southland. And you don't have South Dakota State making it. No. We both agree on Wofford, Idaho. We disagree on Central Arkansas. Uh, that shocks me. Well, I just I, – I, it lost a lot to me. Um, <laughs> You've lost a lot of faith is what you lost. <laughs> we don't agree on Western Illinois. Or Delaware, uh, but we do agree on Furman. Do you have Furman making the playoffs? You don't. No. We don't agree on Furman. No. Nope. Wow. And you don't have Howard in your postseason bowls. Only because I couldn't think of a, of a good one for them. I think I think Norfolk State and Howard, uh, to me, Arbathune. Yes. They could they could be high enough. Yeah. To. Pull one of these at-large bids. Yes, they have to. Obviously, they have to knock off an FBS opponent and continue to get ranked. But right. I don't think either one can beat A and T. But I do believe they could be ranked high enough in the polls to where they could probably snag an at-large bid. I don't see anyone in the swag being that team unless one of the swag teams knock off an FBS opponent. Right. Um, I don't see two teams from the Pioneer getting in. No, uh, not this year. I, I do have 
four teams from the CAA, four teams from Missouri Valley, three from the Southland, three from the SoCon, um, three from the Big Sky with Sacramento State being close, two from the Big South, and two from the OVC with Eastern Kentucky being just on the outside. Yeah, see, the question with mine was where do I get the second? There are a lot of conferences that just have one team. Yeah. For me, those three conferences were the Big South, the NEC, and the OVC. Which of those conferences were going to get a second team? And I couldn't separate the Big South and the OVC. I think they both deserve to have two teams in. I think the NEC, I mean, with the year that I think Duquesne could have, could easily get a two-team bid there. They had one last year, right? No, they only had one. Only the Big South did. Only the Big South out of those three conferences had two teams. Two teams, okay. But Monmouth has some tough games. They could slip. So it's a a really, it's a toss-up there. But... That was that was a question for me. Big Sky, CAA, easily, and Missouri Valley easily with four teams each, um, and then I just had to make up the difference. And SoCon and Southam's where I had to do it. So yeah. that's where I I came to it, folks. That's our playoff predictions. That's gonna be this gonna be interesting to hear again. I can't wait to hear what Craig has to say. I was about to say at Craig Haley. Craig Haley has his own bowl game <laughs> at his house. Yeah, is it at, at his, his at his backyard? <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna knock down some trees. We haven't told him this yet, but I mean, it, well, he it's, just found out, so it's happening. Get it ready. So, um, but that's it for our big preview show. But the season is about to get underway, and we have three games this upcoming weekend. One of which you are going to be on the call for, or at least going to be at. Oh yeah, I'll be scouting. That's Duquesne at UMass. Um, so Upset I can't... special week one. Uh, Upset can, special week one. I can one. understand why you would say that, but. UMass has some good players, though. UMass this year, I mean, at some point is going to turn around for him, right? It has to. I would hope. Well, we're going to see two outstanding running backs. Uh, first of all, they have a really good quarterback in Andrew Ford, UMass does. Right. But we're going to get a treat because Marquise Young is a tremendous tailback, NFL potential. And A.J. Hines is a junior this year, but he definitely has NFL potential moving forward. He was the Jerry Rice Award winner right. as a freshman. Last year played phenomenal football as well as a sophomore. So I'm excited to see two great running backs and a quarterback. Let's talk about the other two games that are coming up this weekend, though, real quick before we shut this down. Another FBS versus FCS matchup, Prairie View A&M at Rice. Intrigue. This is, a, I was about to say, this might be even more of an upset special possibility than Duquesne-UMass. Because there's a bunch of unknown. You got a, new coaching staff at Rice. unknown. New coaching staff at Prairie View. You got the HBCU tie at Rice with Jerry Mack, the new OC that was a head coach at, at Central. And you have Eric Dooley, who was an OC at Grambling, that's now the head coach at Prairie View, who has a ton of talent on that roster. Yeah, Rice, this is going to be a tough game. Rice is a, is a gettable game for an FCS opponent. Right, and so this could be a way for Prairie View to make their case. Yes, to you know, like I said, a top yeah. getting that top twenty-five. Yeah, you beat an FBS team, you go strong through your conference, you lose to Grambling. We mentioned this though, Prairie. Yeah, yeah we mentioned this with Prairie View. They had a chance. They have a chance to they have a chance. be in that conversation for the West Division. They get a win over Rice, and this is they a very open, gettable game. They for wake them. up a lot of people. So that's one that I'm interested to watch, and we obviously have to. And obviously, I'm not giving. I'm giving my prediction. I'm not giving my predictions on the show, but we do have the biggest game, the official FCS kickoff that features Jacksonville State and North Carolina A&T. This is a incredible matchup yes well week zero it's not even week one i mean you've got we all know what a and t did last year i mean incredible incredible season they've lost a couple pieces but they've got so much talent left on this roster and as we said with jacksonville state no quarterback yet but this team from top to bottom especially on the defensive side of the ball is incredible 
to watch. This is going to be a strength versus strength game. You oh, talk yeah. about two teams with good defenses, good running games. Um, I would probably give the quarterback as to A&T because of Lamar Renard. Right. Or Rainer, I'm sorry, and what he brings to the table. So I, I can't wait to see because you're going to get a good matchup on the perimeter as well with Marlon Bridges of Jacksonville State against Elijah Bell of North Carolina A&T. Yeah. So yeah. this is going to be a fantastic game. We saw one before with – we saw a great one where you had North Dakota State against Montana. Yep. Last year you had Jacksonville State, and I forgot who they played, but it was a really good game. This is another great FCS kickoff game. I can't wait to see this one. I want to see what happens A&T's O-line against the D-line of Jacksonville State. Right. Because that's going to be an absolute war of attrition on the front line. But it's going to be a tremendous – we got three games – and next week, when we come back here... Oh, we got a bunch of games. It is week one. And this is always the week, this week and, ne- and the week after, that the FBS boys decide, ah, let's get an easy win. Let's chalk one up. Let's get an FCS team up here, and we can pay them a lot of money and beat them by 40 points. You know why that's always a losing strategy? Not so fast, my friend. <laughs> you know why it's always a tough losing strategy? Because these teams have all summer to prepare for one game. Mm-hmm. That's why the games are close. Mm-hmm. That's why you have the propensity for an upset. And that's why when you get to the end of the year and you see the same matches with the SEC teams, they're not close it's at not all. not close at all. So, week, week one, one is always fun. Week one and week two, that area right in there in early September, it's also where seasons can be won and lost. Because if you get an out-of-conference game in the FCS that you happen to lose, you're behind the eight ball. I'll tell you right now, just looking at the the list I've written down for next week, that, you know, for the previews. Right. 12 games I have on the list that are upset specials. <laughs> <laughs> That's how great all the intrigue. All the intrigue next week, so I'm excited. It's intriguing intrigue. It's going to be it's double it's in intrigueception. Something like that. It, it's gone beyond like but I completely agree with you. There's there are some teams in the FBS that right now are just kind of like, "Eh, week 1." Eh, who cares? Uh you're going you're going to care when you're 0 and 1. And the FCS is going to prove something. Folks, again, thank you for listening into the podcast. If you want to listen back on all of our, if you are focused on just your own particular conference, which we can completely understand, you can go back and you can listen to the podcast from the Big Sky all the way through to the SWAC. We've covered every single conference over the last, what, two and a half months, three months? Yeah. Emery's got a video on every single conference with his, his uh, all-conference team. His prospect watch for the NFL, his recruiting watch for all the young freshmen that are coming in. You can get all of if you want to just listen to, you know, the big, you know, the big show here, and you can listen back on that on SoundCloud and iTunes. You can do that if you want to focus on your own conference and see who's coming down the pipeline. Who should we be looking out for? You can do that all over on YouTube, on the website, on SoundCloud and iTunes. It's all out there. And I have to give a shout out to Curtis S. Holman at blind underscore pastor on Twitter who hit us up and was like, hey, when is the podcast coming out, <laughs> the opening drive going to drop? He knows. He knows, and I, t- I, t- I tweeted it back at him while we were on the show. I was like, yo, we're recording it now. So shout out to Curtis S. Holman for listening to the podcast. See, one of our many loyal listeners. Yes. And you should follow his lead and then follow us. Follow at FBall Game Plan for my and Emery. If you want a complaint department, of course, at Craig Haley. At Craig Haley. That's always. <laughs> so... There's always there's always a chance that's a terrible basketball shot. By the way, this is why you were a running back. Uh, there's a couple reasons why you're not in the NBA, but there's, that's one of them. Right. <laughs> so, folks, thank you for listening in. We look forward to sharing this incredible 2018 season with you. It's going to be hard to top last year with 
intrigue and scoring and drama, but I have a feeling 2018 is going to be pretty special in the FCS. Thank you for listening in. We'll see you next week with our week one preview. See you later, folks.